0: how one man betrayed the security of a nation we are the spy fi guys and this is breach
1: welcome back to the spy fi guys where we cover spy facts spy fiction and everything in between and today we'll be covering breach which is a 2002 film starring ryan philippe and I always forget what well, the other guy's name is. Chris. Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper. Yeah.
0: He's been playing a crotchety old guy like his whole career.
1: Yeah. I, I think I remember him first from what was it, October Sky where he plays the crotchety old dad.
0: Yeah. Like the angry dad who doesn't believe in his son. That's like that's like the only uh, job or role that he has. But he's really good here. He like mm. makes the movie. This movie is based on the real life experiences of Eric O'Neill, who we had the privilege of meeting at the Spy Museum last year
1: yeah we got to see him at a the book launch basically for his new book well relatively new book right now Grade day which is covers pretty much the same topic material but obviously in much more detail
0: and he did a great job telling his story mm-hmm. so if you ever get the chance to see him and you're interested at all on the topic you should try to try to find him
1: yeah, and also we would recommend reading the book. And so I'll be, sh- I read the book, so I'll be sharing some of the things that, you know, did or didn't happen and so what ch- was changed for that.
0: With that in mind, let's jump right into our plot synopsis from IMDb. FBI upstart Eric O'Neill enters into a power game with his boss, Robert Hansen, an agent who was put on trial for selling secrets to the Soviet Union.
1: So just like the tagline, this is really on the nose and on point. i just sort of, wow, this is exactly what it is. It doesn't hide anything. <laughs> well,
0: considering that this is a spy story with a lot of wheeling and dealing and twists and turns, it's a very also straightforward story at the same time. Eric spies on Hanson, and then, spoiler alert, he catches him.
1: Yeah. Well, although what I find fascinating, so this movie came out in, uh, what, 2002? Oh, no, sorry, 2007. I keep saying 2002. It's actually 2007. hmm and the actual case happened in 2001. So that's only six years after the actual events took place. So the fact that they got that moving so quickly, that's impressive.
0: Yeah, usually they give it a little bit more time, especially if it's like a tragedy or something. I remember when the Boston bombing movie came out, and everyone's mm. like, it's too soon, but it wasn't a year later. There's more than that. But that is interesting. I was I didn't actually make the connection between the fact that it took place at this particular time because they tell you the year and then the year that it came mm-hmm. out. Yeah. All right. All right. So, should we just jump right in?
1: Yeah. So, the film starts with a newscast. Actually, so I found this fascinating. It basically starts with a newscast announcing that Robert Hansen was arrested. So, automatically, we know he's going to get arrested.
0: Yeah. We know the ending. And usually, with, like in Valkyrie, they just tell you it with, like, text on a screen, mm-hmm. which I guess. That's something they like to do with these historical movies is not to keep you guessing. Mm -hmm. I would have rather just have had that, though. I don't feel like the news footage really added too much to it. Except, hey, John Ashcroft, I vaguely remember (laughs) him.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, we see him walking out of church. And so I appreciated that pretty much all of this seems like it was filmed in D.C. proper. Because I (laughs) definitely see parts, you know, places I recognize or, oh, hey, I know where that is.
0: It, it definitely looks familiar, and I'll mention this later, but there's a part where it shows FBI headquarters and the mm-hmm. Metro bus passes in front of it. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those old Metro buses that they mm-hmm. had when I first moved here.
1: <laughs> the ones
0: that were like the cab over engine, you had to like climb up into them.
1: Oh, I don't think I don't think it was when no I moved here. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, you you definitely were here at the same time. You just may not remember them. They were They were like the one that had like the flat front.
1: Oh, uh, mm, I don't know. I,
0: I'll send you a picture of it. When we're All right. So, so Hanson leaves church and we get based on a true story, which I appreciate because it is just say it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: what it is. And we see Eric O'Neill surveilling an Arab couple. That's how we meet him.
1: Yeah, so He's taking photos of that couple and he sees them arguing and he, so he goes back to his team in the van who's, you know, who, and he says, yeah, I can turn her. They're arguing. He notices that they have this report that he compiled uh, titled Proposal for Subject Database um, System, which apparently is going to change the way that how they store information.
0: Yeah. And that's sort of something that kind of goes in and out throughout the movie is that Mm -hmm. they keep bringing it up and it doesn't seem to go anywhere. (laughs) But one thing that struck me about this part was someone says to him, you're trying to make agent, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So, well, already I have questions. I have a question. <laughs> I thought yeah. if you wanted to be an FBI agent, you applied to the FBI, you get mm-hmm. your job, they send you there and off you go. So like, mm-hmm. what is Eric's job that he has to get promoted into becoming an agent?
1: So he was, I mean, he's an FBI employee, so he's not necessarily an agent yet.
0: But like what is his job then?
1: <laughs> like sur- job.
0: surveillance drone? Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly basically. So he was an operative of like he was a counterintelligence and counterterrorism field operative. So he was not an agent. Okay. So you so you don't get to be agent immediately basically is what from my understanding of it.
0: Yeah, I guess it's like a promotion. They also may have changed it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. So um so Eric goes home and he shares his work with his East German wife.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: not all of it. A little bit of it.
1: Yeah, so that, that one I kind of was like, how much of this should be she, he be telling her?
0: Well, I mean, I imagine that they gave him a hard time whenever they first got together. I would have liked to have learned more about it, but they never go over it.
1: Or they well, they you it. read the book, they actually go over this sort of, apparently he, and this was kind of, this, this may be why he hasn't made, part of why he hasn't made agent yet. Mm-hmm. He, so he didn't have it cleared to marry her when, even though she was an East German national. Or, he, wait,
0: I'm sorry. He wasn't cleared to marry her?
1: No, he just sort of did it.
0: I wasn't aware that you needed to be cleared to marry somebody.
1: Well, if they are foreign national, you do.
0: Well, I, I sort of thought that, you know, like, yeah, you can go ahead and marry them, but then they'll give you a hard time. You know, mm-hmm. It's like it's like forgiveness versus permission. Like, you don't no. have to ask permission, but you may if have to If you're working for
1: any of those intel agencies, from what I understand. I see. That is, that is interesting.
0: Then we he, so then Eric gets his mission, mm-hmm. and we learn that Hansen is quoted a sexual deviant who posts lurid material on the internet. Oh, those were the days.
1: So not only that, so what what he also is being told is he's being tasked ta- tasked to ha- HQ to Hansen and that he's going to be working in the inf- the new information assurance division, which is a, basically cyber intelligence.
0: Except don't don't they well, don't they say later that it doesn't actually exist?
1: Yes, but they would later actually form a cyber intelligence division because they didn't actually have one at that time.
0: And then they also make a point here that Hansen spent the last 20 years taking on Russian spies. Mm-hmm. So Eric's asked to spy on Hansen, which is not a job I would want.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he's given a pager and he's pressed to report directly to Kate Burroughs, who's played by uh, Laura Linney. Mm-hmm. And he has to keep a journal of who Hansen meets, calls, etc.
0: So, I know that he did surveillance, but what exactly qualifies him to be a close and personal spy in a very, very profile, high stakes kind of operation like this?
1: So basically, well, from how I understand it, they needed someone, okay, who knows computers, who, hmm. I mean, the Catholic part helps too, and they go over this later in the film, and they also need someone who hence wouldn't know. So that for that, you have to go straight to the well to someone who's new. And also, yeah, he's got, I don't know how many years of experience sort of tracking people. It's known as a ghost, someone who tracks surveillance agents, who tracks people.
0: Okay. It, it just struck me watching it without knowing all the background is that he jumped from taking pictures of people in a car to <laughs> spying, which is quite different. Mm. He doesn't actually have to interact with the people that he was surveying before.
1: True. So, I mean, he was, I mean, knowing that he was not just surveillance, he was counterintelligence, so. Mm-hmm. which is a bit more than that
0: yep yeah. so also with uh, just a couple of things i noticed here is that he gets off at archive station mm-hmm. which is a real station it's not like house of cards where they made up a metro station
1: <laughs> you mean like how the, they constantly have you know in movies georgetown metro station right <laughs> not a thing yeah apparently the metro signs were different in in uh, 01 well like above the metros themselves not the standing stations not standing you know poles but the ones that would right above the escalators that doesn't look the same as it does now but i'm sure that's just what it looked like back then i didn't even notice that one there's
0: i like don't see him when i take the metro normally (laughs) so also at this point lumberg from office space makes an appearance
1: (laughs) yeah so he's uh rich garces um who gives him all of his id cards and passes and you know, Eric asks him for advice, you know, what's he like? He's like, well, just, you know, take nothing personally. Yeah,
0: there's probably good advice no matter where you are or who you're All working right. with. Uh, we, we get to see that working at the FBI isn't so glamorous. There's <laughs> yeah. not much to the office.
1: Mm-hmm. And so this room, uh, I believe it's called, what, 9930? Oh, th- so mm-hmm. that is, I believe, if I remember from reading the book, that is actually the like the office number that at least is stated in the book, so it's probably correct. But I'm glad they got that right. FBI headquarters is a May, so even if you know that number, you're not gonna be able to find that.
0: Oh darn! I was hoping to take a picture of it. <laughs> so we meet Hansen, and he, you know, he's a big presence that looms through the movie. And mm-hmm. he asks Eric to tell him four things about yourself that are true and one false thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's basically two th- truths and a lie with more things.
0: And it's supposed to be like you're actually trying to deceive the person instead mm-hmm. of just having fun. I, I mean you know,
1: that. I mean, two truths and a lie. You are trying to deceive the person.
0: I don't try. <laughs> I try
1: to. Oh, I try.
0: Okay, tell me two truths and a lie right now.
1: Right now. All right. Yeah. Um, I went to Space Camp two times. I didn't get my driver's license till I was nineteen, and I've been to four out of the five Disney parks. Okay, this is bad
0: because I know that you've been to Disney parks. This is like one of those true or false tests where it's like a tiny little difference. I think you've only been to Space Camp once. Wrong. <laughs> I knew you've been to. I knew you've been to Space Camp.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the the license part was a lie. I was 23.
0: Okay. Yeah, that I knew it was going to be some kind of minute minor detail like that. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, so we had to
0: ask him that, yeah. right? Cuz to show how good he is at like seeing through
1: people right yeah so i've got eric's five things oh and i just realized if anyone listens to this this podcast that we know i can't use those for my two truths in the lie because those are like my default ones
0: i don't think anybody's gonna remember
1: <laughs> all right so here's his five things i won boy scout merit badges in every category except rivalry i haven't been to confession since high school there are several words that I constantly misspell my favorite drink is a vodka tonic and i'm the only male in my last four generations of my family not to serve in the military
0: Mm. And then that last one's pretty significant, I Mm
1: -hmm. think, because it tells you a little bit about his history. Yeah,
0: And so is this, but doesn't he not tell him the five things right then and there? He tells him. No, it's a little bit bit like
1: 20 minutes later. So, Um, but apparently the lie is that uh, his drink of choice is not uh, vodka tonic, but scotch. And then Hanson gives us this line. It's against bureau policy for an agent to consume alcohol, even off duty because an FBI agent is always on duty. But yeah, as far as I can tell, that's not true.
0: Well, so I wondered about this as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I so I Googled it. And what they said is that you can drink alcohol off duty if you're an FBI agent, but it's not. But don't get, like, hammered.
1: Yeah, you shouldn't drink to excess.
0: I mean, well, th- they're not like Batman who, like, never drinks. But, <laughs> of course, we see what happens when they do. Sometimes they try to do a flip in a nightclub, and then their gun goes off, and it's a whole thing. Uh, remember that story
1: i do i do (laughs) hanson tells uh, eric about how he wants to reinvent the bureau how the bureau stores information there's a great line when eric addresses him as mr hanson he's like your name is clerk and my name is sir or boss if you can manage if i ever catch you going to my office again you're gonna be pissing purple for a week
0: yeah that was crazy that first of all that he immediately figured out that eric was going through his office and second that the consequences weren't worse than that (laughs) because <laughs> he'd been spying for a while right and mm-hmm. you don't you think it's like a coincidence that you get put in a place and your guy immediately starts searching through your stuff
1: hmm. yeah i mean so he was suspicious but basically but he wasn't and there's they talk about this in the book that the line between suspicion and paranoia and once you cross in, over into that line there's no coming back and it, that's hard to yeah and that once this crossed into paranoia then it's like impossible to try to catch them
0: well, yeah, he got he got really lucky then and that mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I also had a thought about Hansen wanting to restructure the the data, the way the mm-hmm. FBI stores information. So, I think the whole point of this movie is that Hansen is a man of many contradictions. Mm-hmm. So, he served loyally in the US except he didn't because he was a spy. He was religious, but he's like a sex pervert. And he's really nice except when he's not. And in this case, he is a traitor, but he also still wants to make the FBI better. Mm -hmm. And also, I thought it was kind of dumb, because it's like you think if you're a spy, and you've been getting away with being a spy for a long time, you wouldn't do anything to draw attention to yourself.
1: Um, true, but you'd still try to do your job. And I mean, for him, and and they talk about this in the very end, it's all about ego. So we go over, you know, we can talk about the four or uh, reasons that people will you know, betray their country. So it's money, ideology, coercion, and mm-hmm. ego. And for Hanson, it's pure ego. It's knowing the fact that he is smarter than everyone else.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. That's sort of what they say about criminals too, is that like the smart criminals don't get caught. And that's why you hear all these stories about dumb criminals getting caught. <laughs> and probably Hansen, he could have not been caught if he had just been smarter. Mm-hmm. It's probably safe to say. It's not yeah. like there weren't warning signs. We see them throughout the movie.
1: Yeah. So, and then uh, as Eric and Hansen are talking more, you know, he notices he has who the pagers for and Eric lies and says that the pagers for his wife and mentions that she's, you know, an East East German, lapsed Catholic, a lapsed Protestant, not a Catholic, which uh, Hansen being a very strong Catholic doesn't necessarily like. Mm hmm. And so after his first day, Kate calls Eric at home, asking for her, you know, her pages of notes. And Eric says that, you know, he just started writing uh, them up because Handsome kept him there until 10 p.m., which is ridiculous.
0: Well, I don't know. Is it ridiculous? I mean, these people are crime fighters.
1: Mm, True, but they're not they're not doing any active investigations. They're forming a new department.
0: It's probably safe to say, based on the context that Eric's not used to being when he's in an office staying mm. there that way. True, and apparently true. his wife isn't used to it either because she gets mad. by the way, I guess mm-hmm. that seems like a good time to mention it. I didn't like all the stuff with his wife. It was annoying
1: it was like, I thought was no. well, so I thought it gave uh, well, first of all, I gave it gave it him grounding because all right, your average viewer is not going to be uh, you know understand necessarily you know what he's thinking whereas you have if you have the wife in there gives the outsider perspective perspective of oh this this is all cra- seems crazy so it gives you that in
0: you know that's actually a good point point. one of my favorite parts was in the middle where it's like kind of going nuts because he can't keep all these lies straight and mm-hmm. like his wife's mad at him and everyone's mad at him so that's true that's that that was good so you want to keep and wife I mean, around for so
1: that the one thing they don't actually talk about in this is not only is he doing these things, he's also taking, doing law school at the same time, night classes.
0: Wow. They did not mention that.
1: No, but if you read again, read the book, plug, plug. um, (laughs) They, yeah, they talk about how he's having to balance all of this while doing law school and night classes at the same time.
0: Well, something else I thought was crazy to me is that he could do pages of notes every day. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he can sit there and take notes. No, so he, has, he has to
1: memorize there. all of this. So he has an incredible memory. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why he's a spy and we're
0: mm-hmm. not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what, what are we, what's going, where where are we at? So
1: so we get the president, new presidential portraits being put on the wall as yes. the year changes. So this means that it must happen in like early... January of two thousand one, so right after George W. Bush gets elected.
0: Mm -hmm. I also have here that you have a conversation where the FBI is a gun culture; the intel side isn't taken seriously. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so Eric finds a copy of, or Hanson finds a copy of Eric's report, and said it was, you know, said it was ignored because he doesn't shoot. And they have this great line about how every director comes from the law enforcement side—guys who shoot, who make arrests. Never been directed from the intel side, never will be. And I looked into this uh, between then and now. Yeah, none of them have been uh, intel. They've all either been appointments who are like lawyers or something, or they were from the, um, the law enforcement side.
0: Well, I'm not surprised. That was sort of the ori- – that is the original purpose of the FBI still. Mm-hmm. So it. I, I don't see it as like a discrimination thing. It's just. It just makes sense.
1: You know? mm, I, I see it as, you know, the people who – the intel side – Really, and this is true for like most spies. You're never gonna hear about when they succeed, other than this case. You're gonna hear about when they fail.
0: Right, that is true. Also, something that that occurs to me here is I I remember to, I had a conversation with an FBI agent a long time ago, and he mentioned at one point about the analysis side, which mm-hmm. I guess is like the intel side. And he was like, "Yeah, I had an analyst. He did, he was my analyst. He did a good job." I was like, "That sounds a little like paternalistic." <laughs> it's not like we work together. It's like he worked for me.
1: Mm-hmm. So we also find out at this point that uh, Eric's mom has Parkinson's and that's, and he's been, you know, reading a book on Parkinson's mm-hmm. um, to, to figure out how to deal with it. And then they go into an elevator as they're heading off somewhere. And there's an attractive lady in there and Eric makes a comment about her and sort of trying to bait Hanson because he's, Still thinks that she, you know, he's watching him because he's a sex sexual deviant. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't take the bait. He's like, and he's like, you, you know, you're married. You and God expects you to live your faith at all times. Is like, besides? I don't like, you know, women and I don't approve of pantsuits. The world doesn't meet, need more Hillary Clintons.
0: oh she's still relevant now. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like that's totally Hanson overcompensating.
1: Mm-hmm, maybe, but also I believe. I, I mean, I can also believe. With his very conservative viewpoints, seemingly, I can see him being not a fan.
0: But but then what's with all this stuff on the internet then?
1: Well, and I mean, they cover it briefly, but all of his stuff on the internet was writing up stories about his wife.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that was all of his activity. I thought uh, that was just part of it.
1: There was that. There was also, yeah, the filming real thing that happened mm-hmm. without her knowledge. And um, yeah, it, he he was a creepo just put it mildly
0: okay so we get a little bit of tech jargon i not mm-hmm. all I have is to no, know is like tech jargon <laughs> yeah then, so
1: he, hansen's in co- consulting with the uh, rich cars is uh about how to improve their information systems i yeah also did not write down any of this because it's like all over my head in terms of tech
0: even 15 years ago or whatever mm-hmm,
1: yeah but i did like the line about how you know he programmed he wrote a program using ones and zeros entirely, you know, un- uncrackable last night just to see if I could do it. And you're the one who gets the corner office hmm. <laughs> or the office with a window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like resentment. Mm. That sounds familiar. Exactly. It's all about the ego, baby.
0: <laughs> so, so then we meet, do, is this the part where we meet more people involved in the investigation?
1: Uh, Not quite yet. So Eric, well, okay. he tells Eric to set up meetings with the system managers, CIA, NSA, DIA, and mm-hmm. this is where they go past an office where Hanson says that you know there is a task force in there looking for a mole, and Hanson says that you know they're looking for a CIA officer, not and they would never give someone who's from the bureau, and he gives this great line: so cooperation is counteroperational, and that's the mentality. Of course, the enemies of this country aren't so picky; they'll work with anyone who shares their hatred of us.
0: Well, so that's, the, okay, so that's the thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So have you read The Looming Tower or watched it on Hulu?
1: I have not.
0: So we'll cover it. It's really good. It's All really right. good. It's perfect for this. <laughs> However, uh, I read the, the book of The Looming Tower a while ago, and it, the basic, the thesis of it is that the reason why 9-11 happened, it wasn't prevented, was mm. because the CIA and the FBI didn't cooperate. So, I can believe that. it's something that was a problem in the past and will continue to be a problem in the future. But it's not just because of egos. So the way the author explains it is because so let's say let's say the U.S. knows about a terrorist. OK, so the CIA knows about this, this terrorist and they're like, we're, we're going to track him and we could tell the FBI that he's a terrorist. But if we do, the FBI will immediately arrest him and then we won't be able hmm. to see where he goes because that's the way the FBI operates.
1: Except in this case.
0: Right. I mean, like I mean, like when it comes to counterterrorism, this is counterintelligence. So, yeah. oh, uh, uh, fair, fair. Um. But the, the point is, it's a very relevant topic that I think we're going to continue to see in, as we do these spy fact stories.
1: Interesting. All right. Anyway, so we move on, and Hansen asks Eric to steal one of Rich's paintings, Two Men on a Boat."
0: Mm-hmm. He's like, "I want it. <laughs> go get go get it for me."
1: And actually, in my mind, I thought we actually see him steal it. But I guess, but rewatching it this time, no, we we, we actually never see the painting itself. Like it was never brought up until the very end. That's
0: true, yeah, there's a lot of callbacks and stuff like the like the four truths and a lie, mm-hmm. and then this painting as well, so we didn't mention this earlier, but he also gets Eric to steal computers for them mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, i mean this I mean it's pretty open and shut loyalty test, I think, yeah, of course he's going to do it because he needs to get in with Hansen, but I think I think the reason why Hansen asked him to do it was to see if he'd be willing to break the rules for him
1: mm-hmm. and this is the point where we you know meet. Kate and the task force working on tracking, well actually we see them um, so just in like little clips of them sort of working on tracking his movements mm-hmm. and then Hansen meets Eric outside of his apartment and takes right. him to morning mass and he says, you know why the Soviet empire failed? Godlessness. Hmm. I'm sure that's the reason. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that's, well that's that's part of why we have in God we trust on our money.
0: That's That's true, is to differentiate ourselves from the atheist Soviets. Mm -hmm. So, hey, who's to say that he's wrong? Mm, I mean, let's not get into that. (laughs) So so anyway, so moving forward, I I have a point that Eric is having, is getting, well, he's been nervous. He continues to think he's not the right guy for the job.
1: So first they meet, he, you know, he has a patron, Kate, and and they meet at at FBI headquarters. (sighs) Mm-hmm. And they're talking openly about this case. They're actually talking about it where the the running track is in the building. I'm like, that seems like a terrible place to discuss the case.
0: Well, even if they weren't discussing it, somebody... Like, I don't get the impression that Hanson was the most popular guy around, but what if somebody had, like, seen Eric talking to him and be Mm -hmm. like,
1: hey... They have no reason to know each other. So I'm like, that's... yeah. Uh, But he says that, you know, but Kate tells them that, you know, they're trying to get Hanson out of the office for a few hours. At some point, and after that meeting, that's when we you know we go back to the Hanson or to uh, Eric's apartment and mm-hmm. Julia, and so Juliana's there. she's making food, and he asks her to come to church
0: which of course he does. He does that so much
1: mm-hmm. And so she goes and you know, is it feels awkward the whole time. You could just sort of tell that on her face. and they go to family lunch at Hanson's the Hanson's house afterwards. And Eric is, you know, sneaking around Hanson's office, looks at his browser history,
0: every man's worst nightmare.
1: <laughs> and apparently I look I like, I free, I, you know, paused it at this point. So it's a lot of church stuff. And then one site that's about being anti-Clinton, <laughs> Okay. I was <laughs> oh, like, "Ooh, oof.
0: <laughs> yeah." But but nothing to the point is nothing to like.
1: Damn. Yeah, there was nothing. Yeah, and so at this point, he still thinks it's about being, you know, a sexual deviant, and so mm-hmm. he's like, hmm, "There's nothing here." And Eric, you know, and Hanson catches him and says, "You know, and Eric's like, sorry, I was snooping." Like, no, that's f-. and he's surprisingly fine about it. But it's not. But I think he was just like just thought he was just sort of looking around the office, not like look at his browser history,
0: which is so I interesting hate- because the way you reacted at the work versus at home.
1: Well, that means that he's probably has something at work where, whereas he's not going to have anything like this at home. Yeah. And he, and Hanson actually does something nice. He gives Eric this like full on report that he printed out about Parkinson's. Nice. Since his mother's dealing with that. And, you know, Hanson talks about how he'll be 57 in two months, which is mandatory retirement age for the Bureau. And at this point is when he, um, Eric meets with Kate, and he says he wants to be right in on this case. He wants to know what they have because he doesn't feel like it's a case. And so, and they're meeting here at archives Metro, like outside Archives Metro. I'm like, mm. again, this is a terrible place to be having this meeting,
0: so yeah, that's something that every every spy movie does, and i I don't get it. but I guess it's like where else would they meet like at her
1: office? Mm. Then we're not in the public where because he's like shouting yeah
0: well don't don't you feel like that's more Hollywood? Well I mean you you read the book Do they specify where they where he was meeting with uh Kate
1: So they actually mention that there's a like at one point they go to a restaurant in Crystal City that has like in, like at a rooftop or not a rooftop but like a it's in like on the top floor of a, of a building. I'm like hmm, I wonder where that is and I'm like I wanna because it was like an Indian place I'm like that doesn't I don't know of any place like that in Crystal City.
0: Well, if it's anywhere like my neighborhood, it's probably long closed.
1: This is true, probably. Yeah. So, but finally, Kate reads him in, tells him, you know, he's a traitor, Eric. He started spying for the Russians, we think, in 1985. Gave him the military secrets. Gave him the continuity plan for the president and the vice president. Uh, age, gave him agents they turned who were later executed by the KGB. Or, And here's the thing about, and they, ne- they never talk about this in the movie, about Hanson. So he, and you'll notice, this movie's set in 2001, obviously long after the fall of the, of the KGB. Mm-hmm. So he, as the fall of, of the Soviet Union was happening, he went to ground and only resurfaced once again once the SVR, which is the, you know, predecessor, the successor of the KGB, was set up.
0: So much for quitting while you're ahead.
1: Yeah, so well, so he went to ground for you know like uh, five years or something like that, and then came up again when when he needed money again, basically.
0: And that's something I also wanted to know, which was why did Hanson need all this money? It's not like he had like an extravagant lifestyle.
1: No, and that's the thing. He so he didn't take that much money. Like he didn't go uh-huh. for it, it was, and he he was really smart. Well, so first of all. They never knew who he was. They didn't know his that he was explicitly Robert Hansen. He, well, un, unlike Aldrich Ames, who they talk about later, who they you know Aldrich Ames approached them like in person, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hansen sent a message, never always used a code name, never revealed his true identity, but gave you know, gave him enough information to know that he was real. And so they and the, he never revealed himself until they missed the drop, basically.
0: That's pretty tricky.
1: Yeah. Total play
0: on both sides. mm Mm-hmm.
1: So, so anyways, going back to the movie, at this point, you know, he gets brought in, he sees the whole division who's working on this case, he finds out that the FBI director is the person who's running point on the case, and then he wants Hanson caught in the act, which would give him the death sentence.
0: Yeah, the the Allstate guy says, we can't just arrest him (laughs) in case he goes free and spills more. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs)
1: and rich you know is in on the case as well and this is part where okay and you're gonna have to forgive me this rant but Mm -hmm. this seems so you know that he you already know that he's a spy right you know he's given up stuff and yeah sort of stuff oh oh, yeah like giving up information i thought you meant
0: like give up his soul no no
1: no giving (laughs) up agents Uh uh-huh and you put him in charge of a... Di- now put him in charge of a division and give him access to basically all the secrets of the FBI. Because but, but you it, want to catch him.
0: But it's a fake division, I thought.
1: Eh, yes and no. Mm-hmm. From reading the book, my interpretation was, they. I mean, yes, it was a fake division, but he still had access to everything and and access like when he sets up these meetings to the dia cia nsa they
0: mm-hmm. don't
1: know that he, that he is potentially the spy they think he's really working so he so they give him all this access i have people so people will, will watch mission post movies and they think it's ridiculous that all right ethan is willing to potentially give away the knock or whatever just to catch whoever's behind it and it's like no that's completely irresponsible this is exactly as irresponsible as <laughs> what they let Eric Hansen do they gave him all this information so they could catch him in the act and just trusted in the fact that they know that they know that you know they will catch him before they make ha- he makes that last drop
0: yeah it's a lot of luck
1: <laughs> so it's so this next time someone you know argues no that Ar- Ethan hunts a gambler and he's risking way too much it's like This is exactly what our intelligence or or, or organizations do.
0: Yeah, they risk a lot more than a lot more than any that. Also, I would say that if they just cut off his information, he would know that he was
1: blown. True, true. But yeah, so it's just like that. When I realized that, I was like, "This is weirdly enough, in some ways, that those plots are mission impossible. Not as where they, you know, where he does something like risky, not as far off from the truth as you might think."
0: Yeah, it's stuff like, give me the codex (laughs) or I'll kill your friends. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Anyway, so we find, so we go to, cut to Eric, you know, and he's reading all the files. Mm -hmm. And also we find out apparently that a couple years ago, the Bureau put together a task force to find the mole. And they put Hansen in charge of the task force because he was, you know, the best counter intel guy with the Russians.
0: Very ironic stuff. Mm -hmm. The kind of stuff that can only happen in real life.
1: Yeah. So as Eric's, you know, reading the files, we had the voiceover from Hansen and this is actually, so I mentioned how they, you know, the Soviets or Russians missed a drop. So that mm-hmm. you like, you get a dropped reference for that in there. We said, I don't like missing stuff. And that, and so actually part of what put the FBI onto Hansen is that he never made a record, like he never made phone calls or anything like this. It was all done either electronically or through letters. Mm-hmm. And the only time he made a call was when they missed a drop, and he identified himself as Ramon Garcia. And during this, he actually he, he mentioned he, he used that phrase, the phrase "pissing purple," which huh. people knew, you know, Hanson used, and that's part of what Clint. Oh, that helped identify him at first.
0: Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous! Mm-hmm. Are you being serious right now? Oh, i would serious. you? Why would you say like something really distinctive sounding? Because on a phone he call? was pissed. Because he <laughs> wanted his money. <sighs> well, it, I mean, they make the point here that he's smarter than all of us. But mm-hmm. all you need to do is stress. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes all you need to do is stress him a little bit, and it gets starts getting dumb.
1: Yeah. So, and then they have the DIA, So they have a meeting with the dia, and they're trying to get him out of the office for about three hours. Mm-hmm well this, that's the next day and as he you know as uh, eric's reading all this he goes home and he finds juliana at home and hansen and his wife bonnie are at the apartment and they like they had made dinner and it's just super awkward
0: it seems very hollywood that they would just show up at his house
1: yeah well i guess his wife yeah, is like a pushover i guess his wife is like a pushover
0: she's like okay okay
1: <laughs> And also, I feel like his uh, Hanson's wife seemed very pushy.
0: Oh, yeah? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> so they drop
1: a line that apparently his wife is the person who converted him to Catholicism. Yeah. And so she seems very pushy and very, I don't know. So who knows? <laughs> so something
0: else I liked at this part was Hanson asks where Eric was, and he says, we couldn't reach you on your pager. Mm-hmm. Of course, a pager that doesn't actually exist.
1: No, well, it, it, exists,
0: re- it exists, but not for his wife. His wife won't Just, have the number. Right, right. So that was great, because <laughs> I couldn't tell whether or not Hanson was, like, trying to probe for, like, to see if that was a lie or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we also have that awkward scene where she's, like, where where is it is his wife who was like let's you guys let's say grace and talk about yeah. having kids and it's also <laughs> really awkward
1: yeah and so after that you know eric and juliana have a fight you know that basically and this she, juliana's co- totally in the right they're crossing some huge boundaries coming in and apparently and we get line get a line later that apparently they were they were talking to juliana about opus day which is a super conservative sect of catholicism mm-hmm. um yeah
0: yeah i mean they certainly are right to she's certainly right to be upset that they just show up at her house i mean mm-hmm. that's yes
1: yeah,
0: yeah even back then so did the book have any inf- insight about hansen's wife
1: not so much no
0: because obviously she wasn't a spy as well or else no. we would know well, about yeah it. no
1: she did, she was not no she <laughs> claims that she so this is from some of the exhibit in the spy museum that claims that uh, or she says that she knew nothing about any of this and that when he was sentenced she thought that it was, it appro- that it was appropriate and that's how she, he should have been sentenced. So I think she was not happy about that. Uh, what about the sex stuff? What? Whether mm, Did she know about that? No, she didn't. Uh, from far, from what I know, no. But I, it's not. I don't have too much detail on it.
0: Okay. Uh, Alright, so what have we got next? So th- so so there's a confrontation between Eric and Juliana about not just the Hansons being ridiculous, but also about his li- him lying to her. Mm-hmm. And he can't tell her anything, but he can't tell her that he can't tell her the life of mm-hmm. the spy. Uh, and she wants him to quit. Mm-hmm.
1: So, thoughts? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> I can totally see Juliana's side on this.
0: Well, yeah, but on the other hand, she's like, I'm I'm not an FBI kind of wife. It's like, well, don't you feel like she kind of knew what she signed up for?
1: Mm, I mean, well, I'm trying. I don't remember the exact timeline when they got married. Mm. Uh, well, I guess no, no. They were he was already like in the FBI because as as I said, there was that you know the hubbub about him getting married without sort of clearing it.
0: Right. Did, did the book have any sort of insights into her eventually getting on board with him having the FBI as a career?
1: Well, um, I mean, and this is a spoiler for later in the podcast. We know that he quits.
0: He does eventually quit, right?
1: But it and it's literally right after this. So, okay, yeah.
0: So it's like just hang in there until he until this one more case before retirement.
1: Well, he, I mean, he, uh, like, I think it's not that he does. She doesn't know that it's just as they're coming through all going dealing through all this, Eric realizes. And so does she, that this is not the life they want. Eric goes to see his dad, asks, you know, <laughs> if his dad ever quit anything. Mm-hmm. He's like, I may have, I quit. I think I quit a paper route. once. His dad is
0: played by <laughs> Senator Kelly
1: from the original X-Men movie. I, yes. Yes. Who's, uh, what's his name? Bruce Davidson. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: They also have a conversation about Eric, the military tradition of Eric's family, mm-hmm. and how he's serving his country in his own way, unlike yeah. everybody else. That then well, the, here's the thing about the thing about the old metro bus is an oh. establishing shot of the FBI building. That's where it uh-huh. that is. is. Uh, also <laughs> I'll have to go a, back and watch that. Yeah, Eric also has a bathroom conversation with Lumberg. Mm. and then we get a really spot something right out of a spy movie where. Yeah he spills water on the spot in his tie.
1: Yeah, so Eric is telling Hansen that, you know, I screwed up and your uh, 25-year photo session is today, not next week. And mm. yeah, so like you said, he spills the water on the floor as an excuse, an excuse to you stay in the office. Right. And as Hansen is taking his photo, Eric is copying the Palm Pilot and after and so Hansen is having his photo taken and he is not enjoying this whole thing. <laughs>
0: So, the, so Eric told us this story in person as mm-hmm. part of his talk, and I feel like it's different in the movie.
1: It is different, and we can cover this when we get to spy fact versus spy fiction. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> but yeah, so Eric, you know, Hanson leaves the photographer early, and as this is happening, Rich catches him and challenges him to a shootout in the in the range.
0: So this is something Eric told us about. Also, one quick thing about the him leaving the. The photo session is right before he leaves. The photographer says, "Think patriotic thoughts." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I, so I enjoyed is, that.
0: Yeah, do you think that's a coincidence? Or no, uh, I, th- like I, I think that
1: was. Uh, no, I think that was coincidence. Coincidence, and uh, yeah, so okay. he, yeah, so Eric finishes copying the Palm Pilot, and he puts it back in the bag, and mm. like he's like, you know, he's sitting, he goes back to his desk, and he's like, oh crap. Did I put it in the right pocket? I don't know. So he grabs it and goes back into the office and get around and is like, which way is it? Which way? So he just is like, All right, it's too late. I can hear him coming in. We just put it in a pocket. And then he and then Eric pretends to be praying in Hanton office when Hanton comes in.
0: Okay, so I have many thoughts on this. So okay. first of all, sorry, I'm going to be like a Monday morning quarterback because I can't remember anything. I write mm-hmm. everything down. But Eric we <laughs> has established that he's good at remembering things. So how can you not remember which pocket to put it back in? I mean, are well, you like, look being at the serious? There are,
1: there are four identical pockets.
0: Okay, but you you just, I don't know, we have like a note card or, or like a sticky note or something.
1: A sticky note that could be found and then you can say why, <laughs> the, why is there – a Uh, you why do you have a note saying which pocket my palm pilot is in
0: i i like to think that it was possible for him to remember it but whatever i won't talk too much smack he did save our country well
1: i'll i'll go through this more in detail in our spy fact versus spy fiction section okay but
0: then the the praying thing i was like why would he be praying i can't believe hanson bought the praying
1: thing so it i mean it works because i think um what was that
0: the cross is in his office, and not that the But office. there was also
1: something right before, right in that uh, confrontation. Right before, where he talks about you should you should pray more, and so okay. he, so it it works. I,
0: apparently, it did work, but yeah. I found it ridiculous.
1: That's fine. Um. So yeah. So they. So this is when they have their meeting at Dia, and they drive. Well, Eric drives them there.
0: Well, well. There's a moment of truth when Hanson looks oh, through the bag. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah and and you know the audience holds their breath and he asks if he moved the briefcase
1: and he says yes because i't needed to move it because the water was everywhere so
0: yet another close call and a movie full of them okay so then then they go to dia and this is another story that eric told us about how he need he insisted on being the one to drive hansen because they the his allies were searching hanson's car
1: mm-hmm and so the DIA meeting ends up, you know, getting cut short um, because the person who, and I was, and actually I did wonder about this is like, did the DIA know the person who is supposed to know that it was Hanson's being investigated? And maybe that's why they cut, you know, had to get, reschedule their meeting. But I'm like, no, they wouldn't, the FBI wouldn't tell someone else that they were investigating one of their own.
0: But this would be a good opportunity. This is a case if you can make it work where intelligence mm. sharing would have been pretty helpful. It's like, hey, have your meeting and have it go on forever <laughs> true, as, as meetings do in the workplace. And he won't, it'll be too polite to leave. Yeah. I mean, not Hanson, but somebody <laughs> would. Also, um, during this part, the FBI agents somehow get into Hanson's car. I always mm, kind of wonder that. how they did that. Um, I mean, they are crime fighters, so they have yeah. their way. But they, mm. find, like, they find like an arsenal in his trunk.
1: Yeah, which was kind of crazy,
0: but they but it never like comes back. Mm. You know, if this were like a Hollywood movie, the end would be like <laughs> like having a shootout with like fifty cops,
1: right? Uh, but, yeah. So to and so Han, uh, Eric knows that they're you know took they did not take nearly enough time to get back as they needed. So hmm. Eric um, tells them you know let's take the parkway, of like East Street. You know I was SGC. I knew I know you know streets.
0: Mm-hmm. this is like a classic spy movie thing too where the one character like insists 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 that <laughs> his target do this thing and he and the target's like what the heck is wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like why do you care so much about which direction we take yeah how do you think this i unfortunately it's a good or rather it's a good thing that gps's didn't exist back then because <laughs> like. You know, I'm gonna do yeah. what the GPS
1: says. Also, with <laughs> this
0: part, the Kennedy Center is in the background.
1: Mm-hmm. So, in the book, and rather, it's actually he decides to go on M Street through Georgetown instead of saying the parkway, mm-hmm. which I definitely believe there's you know, there's never not traffic in Georgetown.
0: <laughs> no way, it's
1: impossible. I it <laughs> have to
0: be like a 28 days later kind of situation. So,
1: I'm wondering why they change it to the parkway instead of M Street, and maybe it's just. Because of M Street being M Street, you just can't film in Georgetown. Yeah,
0: not unless you're Wonder Woman, 1984. They film there.
1: You know, Hanson is pissed that is, you know, well, great job. He calls them like a series of you know insults. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he decides, you know, it. I can either you know just sit here for you know 30 minutes, or I can cross over and take a five minute cab.
0: Yeah. And so he starts
1: walking and there's a group, you know, a pe- bunch of people tailing them and they let Kate know that uh, they're going, you know, that they're coming. And so Eric's like, all right, gets out of the car too. And, you know, gives some half truths about, you know, Juliana and him fighting, which is true. And that's about him. And then says that, you know, I want to go past the Catholic bookshop again. So give her some books.
0: Yeah. Really playing that Catholic card. Big time. Mm-hmm, but it works, yeah. Yeah, well, he knows how to get to Hansel. So is like, okay, <laughs> when you put it that way. But is this the part where he says, "Swear to God that everything you just told me mm-hmm. is true," and then Eric won't do it?
1: Eric won't do it, but and I, I, I listened to exactly what he said. So he said, you know, he said, he said, "I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know." Use that and swear you know, swear to that. I'm not, I mean, I'm telling you the truth. We are having fights and this. I was like, the two things he mentioned, but didn't specifically mention about wanting to go to the bookstore.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, probably so, once wow, you the bookstore now. It, well, well, so this, I mean, we've tried to do this before, but we had, back when I first went to spy museum stuff, one of the first things we did was there was like a party mm-hmm. social with real life spies. Do you remember mm-hmm.
1: that? I do. And
0: I asked one of them, like, how do you lie?
1: <laughs> basically.
0: And he, and he said what you have to do is convince yourself in the moment that it's true.
1: Mhm.
0: And this seems like a, a case where he he could have done that.
1: Yeah. So, Hansen gets back in the car and they drive back to FBI headquarters. And then we cut to a scene where Eric is so earlier Eric uh, Hansen had put, you know, a package in Eric's outbox for him to send mm-hmm. off. But Eric, you know, took it and Apparently, there's a VHS in there. And for our mm-hmm. younger listeners who may not remember what a VHS <laughs> is, it's like, a, it's like an older DVD.
0: <laughs> it only plays one one thing, and you have to rewind mm-hmm. it. So, it's a tape of Bonnie. It's a porn of Bonnie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, what, what It was a little bit funny when he comes home and he finds his wife watching the tape.
1: I mean, I, like first of all, if it, that's happened, why would you watch it at home?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure it's probably kind of hard to get a. If, if the FBI was anything like my elementary school, it's pretty hard to get a TV with a VCR. Attached
1: to it. <laughs> All right, fair. But also, why would you and why would you leave the cassette in the VCR? Oh, actually, no, never mind. He doesn't leave it in because we later see Juliana putting it, in, putting the VCR or VHS in the VCR
0: regardless he left it somewhere where she could find it which yeah. is like you, that, you know the one thing you don't want to leave lying around is your porn i mean come on so then and she makes the point that everybody told me when you marry the bureau things get weird
1: not like this though <laughs> well, i'm not
0: sure who everybody is but whatever <laughs> and uh, she says telling me the truth about him would mean betraying your country or something it's like apparently yes
1: so what i got She's handling this a lot calmer than I thought she would.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sort of two minds about it because it's not like he ever said I'm doing this undercover investigation. He's just yeah. like he's like I have a case. So I'm inclined no, to. But I mean,
1: to- for example, I'm just saying, if you found your husband watching a tape of his boss and his boss's wife having sex, I feel like there'd be more blowout from that.
0: <laughs> yeah. That is, that is true. Well, I mean, her reaction in that case, I think, is not only good, but very on point, where she's like, things get weird, and <laughs> it is weird. So there you go. I did I did like the point where he says, I think my wife just read herself into the case.
1: Yeah. So, and they don't ever explicitly say that Eric tells her what's going on.
0: Uh, not as far as I could tell. Yeah. I, I did like the part where Burrows yells at him for watching the tape and says he should have just nailed that.
1: <laughs> right, right. So,
0: but I guess characters following the procedure and doing everything they're supposed to do is a little boring. <laughs> Conflict is the essence of drama.
1: Yeah. So, they're be- and so they, the next day in the office, Hanson tells Eric that he's bringing his car into the, his mechanic in Manassas and that Eric needs to mm-hmm. pick him up in the morning. And he thinks his car is bugged and that you know is setting off radio bursts. So you know car alarms will go off as he drives past and other stuff.
0: Uh, Yeah, that would be enough to make anybody suspicious, I Mm -hmm. think. I mean, signal bursts, car alarms.
1: (laughs) and He thinks
0: it's the Russians, though.
1: Yeah, well, he says, he tells Eric he thinks it's the Russians, but he may, but he's getting suspicious that the FBI is onto him. Hmm. Which, of course, they are. Yeah.
0: We we also find Hanson watching a movie that looks like
1: porn. No, it's Entrapment. Starring Catherine Zeta-Jones and Sean Connery. Uh,
0: it looked like porn to me.
1: <laughs> no, that's it's a scene in the movie where, and I mean I don't know if we ever cover this because it's more about thieves and spies, but mm. yeah, Sean Connery you know sneaks into Catherine Zeta-Jones's room and or her, her room and she's you know there you know sleeping. That's why okay. it looked like that.
0: <laughs> okay. So then we get the reveal that Hanson is going to stop spying. He's doing one last job before retirement and the heroes are up a creek.
1: Yes. Well, no, so it's not even that he's going to do one last job. It's that he is just going to go to ground Mm -hmm. and he's not even going to make another drop. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right.
0: At first he's just not, he's going to stop.
1: Yeah. So, and they realize, so apparently if he doesn't make another another drop, they don't have enough to arrest him to make him talk. Mm -hmm. Like they might get him five years um, but nothing enough to put him away permanently. Right. But Eric, uh, so, and the parent, so we find out that Hanson is outside Eric's apartment and like, you know, c- calls him. And mm. so they're like, okay, what do we do? So Kate drives Eric back and drops him around the corner. And Eric says that, you know, he's going to work him, make him feel safe that he can make the drop.
0: Right. And he says maybe he's a little surlier than usual. The guy's melting down of course it's, it's correct yeah. eric says i i can handle them. which how many times have we heard that before but in this case he's right uh barely
1: <laughs> no i don't think ba- i think he Well, so let, well, let's let's get into it okay. so he so hansen picks up eric in the car and they drive to rock creek park mm-hmm. and as they're driving to rock creek park they talk about aldrich ames who right. for our listeners who don't know is another you know notorious spy mm-hmm. and he uh was CIA and there's actually a series which I think we'll cover we'll cover later at some point uh, which talks about the people who are trying to catch Aldrich games and the lead is one uh, Jodie Whittaker aka the new Doctor Who.
0: Hey nice. Is it a British series?
1: It is not. So she plays an American. It's very interesting to see her. I've seen one episode of it, and so it's interesting to see her with an American accent. Uh, that is always interesting, yes.
0: So he, he so Hanson here, when they're talking about Ames, he points out mm-hmm. that Ames passed every polygraph, which I completely believe. Mm-hmm. For those of you who watched Penn and Teller's bullshit, <laughs> it, um, they're, they're like polygraphs have no scientific validity, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Hanson says he never would have gone past me. I can read anyone, which of course (laughs) is very ironic when characters say this, We seem to hear that a lot too, in various spy movies.
1: Yeah. So when they get to Rock Creek Park, Hanson pulls a gun out of an ankle holster and he starts Mm -hmm. spouting up again about how, you know, um, basically he gives them the pretense of, I'm going to teach you how to shoot and the agent is a gun culture you uni- need or not the bureau is a gun culture and you got to learn how to shoot and he's clearly drunk and he starts <laughs> spouting off how they're going to test you the different ways they cast you you know and how many yards from a crouching position from all that and he's shooting just randomly into the woods right eric's you know he starts shooting the gun near mm. eric and is like i need to know if i can trust you and eric says look around you boss It's just us out here. No one's tailing you. There isn't any GPS on your car. And I'm not a Ford agent trying to work you. You don't matter that much. And this is why I think he succeeded. Because he's basically telling him. Well, he basically. So he's beating down his ego. Again, it's all about his ego. So he's beating his ego so much. saying, you don't matter. You're not important. And so in his mind, he's like, well, and what he says is, I matter plenty. And so he's beating that ego down so much so that he's like, no, I need to prove to him. So I want to make one more drop. So, which is why I think, like I said, Eric succeeded in what he wanted to do. But yeah, as you were saying,
0: it's a great scene. It's a great scene, but it was ruined by the fact that Eric told us basically one of the first things at his talk was that this whole part didn't happen, but it is cool to watch. It makes for great television. And, well, I guess you'll you'll tell me whether he actually did provoke Hanson into doing one a drop one. More time. I will tell you
1: when we get to our section. I know okay. I keep saying that, but there's a lot to cover in there.
0: Right. Uh so Hanson prints. There's a scene of Hanson printing info and then putting it into a trash bag, mm-hmm. and then the day of days, February eighteenth, two thousand
1: and one. Yes, yeah, so Hanson makes a drop in Foxstone Park in um, in. Uh, Fairfax County in Virginia, mm-hmm. underneath a bridge, agents are watching him do it, and he places a mark on the F- Foxton uh, Park sign with chalk. Right. The um, so, yeah, like,
0: it's like a signal. This is something that we see signal that there's a drop happening. Yeah. And, but it's like during the day. What's yeah, that sort of surprised me. Eh. I guess at night would be even more suspicious. That's mm. my sort of thought.
1: Yes, yeah, so, and there there are agents watching him as he's doing this and. As he drives home, the agents arrest him outside of his home, and he's and so he's like, you know, gun. You know, they say, hands in the air, hands in the air, and he's like, guns won't be necessary. Guns won't be mm. necessary.
0: Yeah, which is bad, a true thing bad. that his, was said. His guns are all under his trunk.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then so he sees uh, what's his name? Uh, Dean, who's the who you he said is the Allstate guy, and he's, right. he goes to him and says, maybe now you'll listen.
0: It's like. Wh- hansen he just wanted what we all want which is to matter <laughs> that's nice yeah, hansen that's also a, tells him about the signal burst mm-hmm. and, and uh dean says you better cooperate hansen talks about how he wants to be appreciated like we just said and he found it very satisfying to be outsmarting everybody
1: mm-hmm. and as this is happening eric's got, gets a page that you know saying that they got him he knows he wasn't there but he so, so he so he just you know so only finds out that way mm-hmm. and then we get eric cleaning out the office at 99 30 and kate yep. comes in and you know eric basically tells him that you know i'm thinking about leaving and he, but it, and kate's like you would make you, you you're definitely gonna make agent if you stay and he's like mm, i don't know if i want to anymore
0: well, that's something that we see in other spy movies. Like Munich is a really good example, yeah. Eric Banner, which we'll cover later. Eric Bana's mm-hmm. character did like this crazy intense mission, and when it's over, he's like, "I'm done." <laughs> Apparently, real life spies aren't like James Bond, where they can just save the world every <laughs> weekend, no problem.
1: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yes, and Eric, the so earlier and there's another, yeah, like you said, the end of the scene. There's a lot of callbacks. Like they, this where we finally see that, or at least they talk about, you know, the two men on the boat painting. And there's also the, the pen that, you know, at early in the in the movie, Hanson's like, this is the best pen that they ever make and I won't use anything except that and then Eric takes the pen.
0: <laughs>
1: and as he's leaving and this is this well, I'm already gonna spoil part of the, you know, spy factor spy fiction section. Uh-huh this did not happen. First of all, why would you be taking out, taking Eric or um, Robert Hansen in an elevator that someone else might be using? Or just in an
0: elevator at all. Like, why yeah. was he even there? you would be in jail. Because that's mm-hmm. where you put him. So,
1: but we, so yeah, so the, opens the elevator and Hansen's there as he's, be, he's basically like taking taking in for interrogation and processing with two armed guards and he tells Eric, pray for me. And Eric says, I will. <laughs> yeah, right. And then we end with a movie with a text that says, you know, Hansen is, you know, being held in a Supermax prison in Colorado, spends 23 hours a day in solitary confinement, and then Eric left FBI right after this and, you know, practiced law in DC.
0: It's crazy to me that Hanson's in a Supermax prison, 23 hours in solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's dangerous, but not dangerous in that sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not like well, he's going to escape the thing, from prison.
1: Apparently. Hansen uh-huh. actually has no idea how he got caught. And he doesn't really? know that it's Eric O'Neill that helped wow. catch him.
0: So right? much for being smarter than everybody.
1: Yeah. Well, cause I mean, if he, so, and he's not allowed to really interact with anyone who might know.
0: That's That seems cruel and unusual punishment to me, but I, I also wonder, maybe it's like, you can't let him talk to people. Cause he might just tell them more information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he is still alive
1: yet yeah. he's still yes, present. as of
0: as of early 2020 when we're doing
1: eh. this okay
0: so yes, yes please lay it on me tell me all the spy fact for all right so i want
1: to hear it eric o'neill there was no pretense about being a sexual deviant he knew going in that Hanson was you know being investigated
0: oh good that makes a lot more sense mm-hmm.
1: so all these me- yep so and so so he would have periodic meetings with um with what's what's with what her name Kate Burroughs like I mm-hmm. said one of them was at a restaurant in Crystal City um what else was there um yeah so like we said let's just go get it out of the way right now the whole scene in the woods we're shooting it completely made up but mm-hmm. so and this is this is from a video and this my when I'm saying that I was from a video that's in the spy museum in a section called license to thrill which is all about pop culture spies right so Eric says that apparently, like the studio was like, you know, this is a, you know this is an FBI movie, a, a cop, a cop movie. You can't have the bad guy never fire a gun at the good guy. <laughs> and so they crafted the scene. So Eric actually had a hand in sort of crafting the scene with the producers, apparently. And mm. so to sort of portray it portray basically what eric had to do on a daily basis of how to convince him that he wasn't being investigated so even though this this specific scene didn't happen just the tension the daily tension it portrayed is real
0: so it's like a metaphor
1: exactly yeah Uh and also during that so the scene where he gets the palm pilot Right. There was not a pretense of the photo being taken. It was actually, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Rich. Challenge. Yeah. Challenge. So basically, um, Hanson had a v- habit. Every time he gets up from his, uh, from his, you know, he sits down, he takes it because he kept his Palm Pilot in his back pocket. So every time he got up. So he put sat down he took it out put it on his desk and he and he would do it and put it back in so as so that and that was like the habit for him but as he was about to yeah so when he did that at one point rich you know challenged him to the shooting so it was immediately goes to the shooting range not, there's no pretense about that right and challenged him so much that he actually forgot to do it forgot to put it back in his pocket
0: I, so I when thought- that
1: happened yeah you know,
0: I, th- I thought in the movie it was far-fetched that he's like, oh, I just saw you out of your photo. Now let's go shoot. This <laughs> is a little convenient well,
1: timing. Not, I don't think it's necessarily convenient timing because Rich is the one who paged uh, Eric saying he's out of pocket. So he was uh, keeping an right. eye on him.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, I meant from, like, Hanson's perspective. Oh,
1: maybe It's like, oh, my maybe. gosh,
0: why does everybody want me to, like, be <laughs> out of the office today?
1: And also, Eric was the one who copied the PDA. He actually took it to FBI techs. Mm. Yeah. And there was more of a sort of intense. So there was nothing about water um, when that happened. So when Hans comes out of that and says, you know, Have you been in an office? He had just flat out lied to his face. No, I, didn't know, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Mm. Yeah. The, the water thing that is like, What was that movie where someone's supposed to sign? Oh, is it in Glorious Bastards where they're like, mm. pretend to sign in, but they spill the ink all over the paper. They're like, Oh, sorry. It's like a sign in book. Does that sound familiar?
1: I don't know. Does maybe not. A listener will
0: know what I'm talking about. All right. Keep <laughs> All right.
1: So, and then apparently instead of saying what, um, you know, uh, maybe now you'll listen when he got arrested. Hanson apparently actually said, what took you so long? Oh yeah.
0: That's like some serial killer stuff. <laughs>
1: um, let me see what else we got here. Oh yeah. So that scene with the video, uh, never happened, but really? they, yeah. what
0: a stalker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it was, but there was a lot of you know tension between Eric and Juliana, and eventually, yeah. She, so he tells her wh- uh, everything.
0: Mm. that's good. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, real. I mean, actually, I'm not sure that is good. Is he allowed
1: to <laughs> add on to all the other complications during this whole time? He's you know t- taking law classes too, right?
0: And what so, a guy
1: right um and so yeah so he but yeah he did leave right after this and now he does well he does you know security consulting and also does book talks as we you know got to listen to it
0: does public speaking mm-hmm. tells a
1: story yeah so and actually if you get the if you get the audio version book of the of his book ray day he reads it himself and so and uh, you know as you you know, he's a great storyteller. So it really, really listens really well. So nice. I would recommend that. Good. Also, so uh, I uh, visited the... Uh, so there's another muse- spy museum in New York City called Spyscape. And some of the things they have that are from the movie Breach. So they have the Palm Pilot used in the film there, as well as like the, the uh, park sign for... Uh was it fox creek yeah for fox
0: creek park but those are yeah. just props they weren't they're actually- props
1: no, they were- okay. no but the spy museum in dc has the actual palm pilot there mm-hmm. as long as one of, as well as one of the handcuffs that Hansen was arrested in uh some of his personal firearms and yeah nice so i would if you're interested in this movie i'd recommend reading the book i'd also recommend going to visit the spy museum because they have an exhibit about him and also mentions of him throughout the museum
0: yeah i mean i'm sure that because it's a success and they can actually talk about it i can Mm -hmm. see why they want to give it as much attention as possible Mm -hmm.
1: although i will say when i visited the fbi headquarters and got to see their their museum area there called fbi experience Mm mm-hmm there is zero to no mention of Hanson because they are not happy about
0: it. Yeah, I can't really say I blame them for that because although they did catch him, they did start him. Mm. So it's embarrassing (laughs) regardless.
1: Uh, One more thing before we go to our our, uh, ratings. I want to introduce a new segment. Favorite quote of the movie.
0: Oh, yeah? Okay, I got
1: one. (laughs) All right.
0: Well, you know, you can go first since it's your idea.
1: All right, so mine... I got a few. I got. I got a few. So, I, li- I like the. Uh, so when they're in, you know, when he's in the very beginning of the movie, when he's in the van, and his you know teammates are like different colored tabs, five different fonts. You must speak it, spend a weekend at Kinkos on this thing.
0: All right, peeking
1: But and no, my, my actual favorite one is the. No, your name is clerk and my name is sir or boss. If you can manage, and if I ever catch you in my office again, you'll be pissing purple for a week.
0: It really sets the tone for their relationship. My favorite quote is when someone takes shit on you, you don't reschedule.
1: <laughs> uh, if only uh,
0: that yeah. were true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry for rescheduling on you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, of course we all we all reschedule because what are you gonna do? Like just not talk to them?
1: Yeah. Not all of us <laughs> are
0: Robert Hansen. Some of us uh, have
1: to answer to people. Mm-hmm. All right. So shall we go to our ratings? Uh our ratings are Based on one to 10 martinis. What do you think?
0: So, my initial sort of thoughts on it weren't Mm. that positive. I felt Uh, like it was a very good made for TV movie. Ooh. Yeah. Well, like. Yeah, it's like a lot of people talking and there wasn't a lot of like, I didn't feel like there was like there was a lot of momentum behind the story. Mm -hmm. Also, Hanson is the best part of the movie, but I still don't feel like we know him any better at the end that we did at the beginning. I wanted Mm -hmm. to know more about why he maybe nobody knows. Mm -hmm. So it's not fair. But I would have liked to hear more about what makes him tick. What's the deal with the sex stuff versus the religion stuff. Why did, I mean, we sort of get why he did what he did, but just more, more about Hanson and less about Eric fighting with his wife. You don't need <laughs> that much of it to know, to contribute to his sort of feeling.
1: Yeah, I but, mean, I don't think they did. Well, um, Well, that's your opinion. Ella, you have your opinion? <laughs> yeah.
0: So, but then as I was saying, but like talking about it a little bit more and going back to think about it again, I, I like I liked to kind of more, I, I, I appreciate what they're trying to do, and it did hold my attention. I'll give it a six out of 10 martinis.
1: All right. Whereas I'm going to go far more than you. I'm going to give it an eight out of 10 because I really enjoyed this. And maybe it's because I had the added benefit of reading the book as well. So I really you know, felt like I know more about the story and just sort of seeing how they tell the story. Mm-hmm. But even even when I saw it the you know, first time without having read the book, I thought it was really interesting to see what you know all the different things, and also maybe you know I I'll just, I think it's really cool that you know we've met someone who's been involved with this case.
0: It is really cool. It makes it feel really real, and I'm sure reading the book helps you connect with everybody too. So I imagine that helps. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. That is it for breach. Please check us out at the SpyFi Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And this—I've been Zach, and I've been Christian, and we are the SpyFi Guys signing off.
1: Thank you for listening to the SpyFi Guys. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. The theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended.
0: This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company or
1: individual. You can find our podcast on social media at the SpyFi Guys